And it was like aha moment. The reason she was in see me is because her daughter was 12. And that's when the abuse had happened to her. But I always know when abuse has happened when I ask a person who is an adult how they feel. Because there will be this frozen place in them. Now, what does that have to do with healing uh, or breaking free from a stronghold? Until we can release the frozen grief and experience the original emotion instead of the secondary emotion. The secondary emotion is what keeps us from healing. When we can go to the original emotion and get the grief process started again, then we can go through the angry stage of the grief process. We can go through the depression stage of the grief process because it's processing for me. It's no longer frozen. Yes. Yes. Until we get that grief process going, we can't forgive because we are, we are, we are fossilized in it. We're frozen in it. Yes. And, and we're going to talk about the loosing, the binding and loosing principle that we've talked about in here. We're going to look at that today. Forgiveness is one of the elements of loosing God in our lives to set us free. It's absolutely essential. Um, yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, I, I know this will sound a little bit uh, off theologically, but I often will tell people, don't forgive too soon. And the reason is, if you forgive already, and I'll have people say, well, I've forgiven them. And they, they have no idea the full extent of the damage that has happened in their life and the full extent of what it is they are forgiving. It's not coincidental and it's not an accident that Christ, when did he forgive? When did he voice his forgiveness? On the cross with the nails in his hands and feet and he was getting ready to go into the forsakenness. That's when he fully knew the cost to him of, of what we had cost him. And in the midst of the full knowing of that cost is when he voiced his forgiveness. If we forgive too soon, then it distorts things. We'll say, well, I forgive. Well, and, and forgiveness is okay early if you understand that there's another layer or two or six that you may have to go through of forgiveness. Because if you don't, then you think, okay, this anger comes back up or grief comes back up and you think, but I forgave him or I forgave her. So I shouldn't be feeling this. So then I put a lid on what I'm feeling. And what does that do? Creates a stronghold. Yeah, it, it just stops the grief process. And it feeds the stronghold. But if I can say, I, I, this is a loss and I need to honor my sadness here. I need to honor my losses here. It, it's... It's, God honors our losses more than we do sometimes. What does the psalmist say about our tears? He collects our tears in his flask. He does not forget your, your tears. He does not forget your grief or your pain. He honors it. That is not lost. Don't let it be lost to you. It's not sin to grieve. 
what has happened to you, to grieve the losses. But in the midst down line of that grieving process, two-thirds of the way down line is a, just a figure, is when you can begin to forgive and it will be healing and restorative and therapeutic because you know what you are forgiving. Yes? There was a time in my life when I had just, you know, really, I had accepted Christ, but it wasn't until I was older that Christ began to do a work in me. And in that, there were things that happened when I was a child, when I was in a situation that I was in the face with it, and it was so, it was just such a painful, painful moment. And in that moment, uh, my now mother-in-law was there with me, and uh, the Lord was getting down to like a real, real deep, painful situation. And I said, well, I can forgive the one person, but I can't forgive this other. I'm just waiting. And I'll never forget these words. They're such words of wisdom that has helped carry me through the years. She said, Dallas, if you don't forgive this person, you're going to be bound to them. That's right. Because, you know, and the Father showed her that he had already passed and was in hell. And, and she's like, you will be bound to that person through unforgiveness. But as an act of your will, even though you don't feel like forgiving or you don't have the emotion of forgiving, God gives us a free will to choose. Yes. Choose to forgive this person and ask the Holy Spirit to work it out. Excellent. Giving that free will choice even in the midst of that brokenness, and it sure wasn't feeling like it was a forgiveness moment, I just remember it was like a release of, like you said, it's just like, it's like that, it's like having an infection and it's just gonna, it's finally mm -hmm. popping yes. up and, and the Father pressing out the infection yes. by His Spirit, but it was an act of my free will to yes. choose to forgive. And then the Holy Spirit, it was His office then to begin to show me and to cry into the balm of Gilead being applied to my yeah. heart and heal me to where truly yes. Well, you can't, uh, we know physically a wound doesn't heal if you don't clean out the infection. The infection just gets worse. And so forgiveness is a part of the cleansing of the infection. And, and what you said is so important. And if I don't forgive a person, then they are taking my power. They have power and control over me. Do I want that? Or do I want the Lord to give me his power and let it flow fully and freely? Forgiveness is not saying it is okay what they did. It's the opposite of that. Forgiveness is saying it is absolutely not okay. The damage has been beyond what you can repair. It is beyond what you can ever put right and heal and restore. And because it is a debt to me you cannot repay, I'm going to cancel the debt so that both of us will be free and God can deal with you on his terms, not on my terms. Unforgiveness is me trying to make God deal with that person on my terms. But if I forgive, I'm just handing that person over to God and I'm trusting God's judgment on what he will do with that person. He may give him consequence or her consequence. He may discipline that person or he may grace that person. And my giving that person to the Lord is saying whatever you do.
It's your call. I'm not carrying this person anymore in my soul. So forgiveness, Russell, yes, is huge. And it has to do with whose power is going to control me. The Lord, by my will, or that other person. So it's bringing down these strongholds that are justified. Every stronghold has been justified by us unless it is just a stronghold that came from childhood and we're snared in it from childhood and we have no idea how to get out of it. Uh, so let's look here at that page. I'm going to erase this and um, look at what is inside this stronghold, this square. This, the, the square, this carries the message board of the stronghold. A stronghold always has a message board. It has what I call a legal code. It's certain rules that, it, that govern how you and I behave, how we respond to things. And the stronghold is set up and contained by lies and by our belief in those lies. <coughs> So within here then are the beliefs and the messages. Uh, let's just kind of brainstorm a bit on what these messages might be. Let's see if I can walk around without that. I'll just start with one. Um, one may be a belief that um, I have to do everything perfectly and, and it, that's how I, I, uh, I get my sense of uh, Validation is a perfectionism uh, or performance. So I have to do things right and, and perform as effectively and as, as, as perfectly as I know how to perform because that's how I get my worth. Because if my core is damaged, my sense of identity and value are damaged. So I go outward. This may be one of them. What may be some other messages of a stronghold? I'll put another one here. Don't let people in or don't let people get too close. So I may have walls. Uh, people may see those walls. They may not see them, but I do. Now don't let people get close because people are not to be trusted. And that, that's another one. People are not to be trusted. God is not to be trusted. What might be some others? Unworthiness. Unworthiness. I am not worthy for blessing or for anything good, so I settle for whatever. Yes. I'm going to have to protect myself and defend myself because no one else will. Anything else anyone thinks of? I don't need anything. Ah, needlessness.
need less than this. I'm needless. Pardon me? Like denying or minimizing is okay. Yes, denial, avoiding, minimize. Yeah, being cho a chosen naivety. Yeah. Yes. So failure, just not good enough, which goes close to unworthy, but it has some more elements to it uh, as well. I mean, it can go on and on and on. This is the legal code. This is what keeps the stronghold in place. Because when I start going against any of this, what will I feel? Probably fear, guilt, anxiety, what else? Depression. I will have emotions that will rise up and push me back into this mode because this is what I'm used to. It's like a familiar spirit. Yes, yes, shame. Yes, unloved, rejection. Yes. And the, the, the behaviors that come out of that are hard for people to live with. <laughs> we stiff arm people, we pounce on them, we go crying into our bedroom. And, and the husband is saying, well, what did I do? <laughs> I'm in crying. It, it, these are the things that hold the stronghold in place. And it's a system of behaviors and beliefs both that have ceded authority to Satan. Pardon me? That hold a stronghold in place, and and through these lies we have ceded authority to Satan. Okay. Uh, what? How strongholds are maintained in a sense is all, all Satan in the spiritual realm of the spiritual warfare that we looked at last week has to have is within me a point of agreement. A stronghold is a point of agreement. If I have bought into a lie, Satan is the father of lies. There is no truth in him. So if I've bought into a lie that this, these beliefs and, uh, come out of, 
I've bought into the lie and I'm governing myself by that. I'm operating in my emotional responses by that. Then that is a point of agreement that I have in my soul with Satan's lie. And when there is a point of agreement that has been established and maintained in me, it eventually at some point becomes a stronghold. So that all he has to do when I decided, okay, I'm going to get help here. And I'm going to start, we talked about last week, binding the strong man. And we're going to get into that in just a minute. But I'm going to start getting counseling. I'm going to start doing whatever I need to do. Almost always something will come up. Some situation that absolutely has a direct line with a lie. And it's sort of like Pavlov ringing the bell and the dog salivates, whether he's eating or not. The bell has conditioned him. All Satan has to do, his demonic agents that are outside of me, not inside, they just have to kind of ring that little bell. Have some little something come up that triggers this, and I am back in the swamp. That's all he has to do. It doesn't take much. And you will have noticed this if you've tried to, to let's say alcohol is an issue and you try to stop drinking and you're going along and then all at once something happens. And you're back getting a drink. And it'll just be one. That's all I need. Just one. And then we're back. So usually that's all that has, that the demonic agents, I call them law enforcement officials, they're code enforcers. This is our legal code. And they'll, he'll, they'll just send something along the way to activate this. And boy, I'm back. Some event that makes me worried and scared, and so I start eating. Or I start obsessing. Or I start worrying. It just, it'll trigger it in. Now, I hesitated to go into much detail over a question you asked last week, Keith, about um, the nature of the possession in, a, in a, a stronghold, because it could take us into the weeds, okay? And, and one of the things that we have decided to do is to have some time at the end, if we have some things that take us into the weeds, to not go there in, in our study, but to take maybe 30 or 45 minutes or even an hour if we need to at the end to really get into some of these things. Um, so just know that we're going to do that. And as I think we're going to be thinking about starting at 7. Where's Stephanie? The Psalms. We're going to start oh. the Psalms earlier. Okay. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. And, but I, I felt like after I thought about it with your question about the name, is there a name? And I think what you're asking is, um, is there a demonic possession of this stronghold? What I have found in my 30 years of counseling is that probably um, 
75 to 80% of strongholds have not, are not possession. It's just that there's demonic agents in the air about us that get called on when we start trying to break, break free from the jail, break free from the prison. And there's a prison break, and so the, the code enforcers, the, the legal code enforcers come in on the outside and create whatever they need to create to get us back in here, okay? I have found that probably 20, maybe 25% of um, strongholds, and it may not be 25%, I'm going to put it at 20%. You can't, if you try everything you know to try in renewing the mind and in going through counseling and all of that, and there's still extreme, sudden, abrupt responses that seem to have no control, your thinking has no control over it at all. And no matter how much you know, it doesn't change. And there's certain extreme responses within that that I won't go into, but about 20%, and this is coming from a Baptist who doesn't believe in this, okay? But the Lord changed me. About 20%, I've had to specifically call the name and in the name of Jesus, tell it to leave. And every time I've done that, it has been healing. The first time that happened was one of the, very early on in 1987 when I started counseling. A young man came to me and his wife. And he had, when he was 17 or 19, he, he was diagnosed with um, schizophrenia. And I talked with him and talked with him and I said, you know, his name was Keith too. I said, Keith, I don't think this is what you have. And I had done some work with him to try to get past it and boy, it was entrenched. And I called his wife because he came out of the Baptist background like I did and his wife came out of charismatic background. So I called her and I said, I won't say her name, but I said, I'll call her Connie. I said, Connie, I have a feeling that we're looking at, because of what has happened in his life, I, I even hesitate to say this, I told her, <laughs> but I know you come out of the charismatic background, I have a feeling we're looking at demonic possessions and strongholds. Not in his soul, not, not in the, the blood, I said, would he be absolutely blown out of the water if I addressed that? And she said, because he's married to me, no, he wouldn't. <laughs> I said, okay, then we're going to do this. So the next time, and I felt like it was multiple once. And so we just spent about 30 or 45 minutes with the Lord just bringing the names to me, and I would just go through in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and I said, can you be in agreement with me? He said, yes, I've been in 10 years of misery. And so I said, so you just, you just be there and in agreement, and if something comes to your mind that I'm missing, you let me know. So I went through several. And right after he left, I thought, oh, I think I missed two. And and they were two that would have held the others kind of in place. 
So I, she called me because it was like 10 o'clock at night. And I said, he's on his way home. But I said, Connie, I think I missed two. If I did, he's got a breakthrough going on right now. It will last for a while, but it won't last for long. So in two or three weeks, you should know. And so in about 10 days, he called me. He said, I think I need to come back in. He came back in. We spent 15 minutes. I addressed those two things. And 10 years later, which was about 10 years ago, they called me. I hadn't heard from them for 10 years. And they called and just said, we want you to know we are celebrating 10 years of emotional, spiritual, and mental health. It's never come back. So all of that was supernatural to this person who didn't have any background in that. They what? Yeah. Yeah. It's so much of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There is. And I'm not saying that all schizophrenia is that at all, but it just there are things that you begin to recognize over time. So yes, there are strongholds that you have to address by name because the stronghold is subject to the possession of that, that particular demon or demons. But that's probably no more than 20%. The rest of them are just, they're external, they're not, that, that my experience has been, that they're not internal, so it's not a possession thing, but it is a rebuking and it is a looking at the lies and bringing truth into it. So I hope I haven't just blown you all out of the water uh, by that. Uh, <laughs> does that give a little bit more? Uh, un okay. So. Yes. Yes. So, so our behaviors will confirm and reconfirm and reinforce the lies. Absolutely. It is. It's amazing how, what an amazing person of understanding spiritually he was. Um, I'm going to turn over, I don't know if you all have a page that deals, I don't remember what I've given you what I haven't, deals with binding and loosing. Uh,
Okay. What's what's uh, what what's some of the pages that you have, Gay? Okay, and the next one? That's the last one. Is that the last one? And that's legal code. Okay. Let's just look at um, 2 Corinthians um, 10, and let's look at Ephesians 6, and just, uh, it, just take notes on the back of one of your pages. That's it. That's it. Okay. Remember we looked at last week that the strong man has to be bound. You look at Matthew 16, 19, and Christ said to Peter, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Our behaviors and our attitudes will either bind Satan and loose God or bind God and loose Satan. Okay? It's one or the other. We, we have, by our free will, the ability to bind and loose, but it, who we bind and who we loose is, is, is up to us. So I want us to look at, at binding Satan and how that can begin uh, to look. Ephesians 6, the first piece of armor that we are to put on is what? What? 